Grab yourself a biscuit. It's the CA3 Cup of Tea series. Today I wanted to take a different look at recruitment through the eyes of candidates who will find it harder than most to find the right role, or indeed any role. Our guest today is Emma Freibogel, who is on a mission to place as many homeless people as possible into careers and jobs that they really want. Emma is the founder of Radical Recruit, a social recruitment consultancy which bridges the gap between an untapped pool of talent and the business world. Whilst helping this disadvantaged group of homeless people, she's also breaking down barriers and opening up a whole new world of talent that hasn't yet been given a chance. She wants to work with employers to make all opportunities equal. We at CA3 first heard about Radical's mission and realised that no matter how tough the pandemic has been for us and other people and businesses up and down the country, it's been worse for the homeless and other marginalised and underprivileged groups. We sadly couldn't help by hiring someone but we damn well wanted to support in any other way we could. Meeting and filming some of their radicals only reinforced that feeling and the idea that one little bit of support from us for Radical Recruit could help change someone's life forever. So, uh, Emma, nice to meet you. Uh, It's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, Thanks for taking the time today. And I'm I'm just really intrigued, um, you know, first up, um, about where this idea really really came from. Had you been planning Radical Recruit for a while? Um, What what inspired you to, to start it off? Well, that's a really good question. There was no plan, really. I, um, I suppose I've I've always worked in the human, what I call the human services sector. So I've always worked with people who are marginalised and disenfranchised by the systems and the structures that are in place within our society. Mm-hmm. And growing up as a child, sort of, my mum was a t- uh, teacher's aide and worked with people with disabilities. And she, our family opened, uh, operated an open door policy, which meant that all of the strays, anyone who needed love or educating or feeding were very welcome in our house. So I was sort of born into a family that believed in supporting other people despite their backgrounds, I guess. And um, I sort of fell into working in the disability sector when I was very green, 18, and um, moved around working with lots of different constituencies from uh, homeless people to people with a criminal conviction to individuals with brain injury or who were in recovery. So I've always really been a fan of the underdog. Um, and one of the things that I learned throughout my career and which I found incredibly frustrating was that the, the, the third sector are not equipped to support people into work in the way that they deserve to be supported into work. Um, you know, our people either don't have an uh, ATS optimised CV or they don't have the confidence to walk into an office angels or a read and sell themselves to a recruiter or, you know, they simply may not see their own potential and therefore don't have a great deal of hope for their future prospects. So before I I started um, Radical Recruit, um, I worked for an organisation called Working Chance and I was there for about 22 months and during that time I had what I consider to be a huge privilege and honour um, to support sort of just shy of 400 women um, to come out of prison and, and go into work. Wow. When I first started in my role, I was tasked with having a conversation with Chanel. She was calling me from HMP Downview, which is a women's prison in Sutton. Okay. And um, my job in that moment was to find out as much about Chanel as I could to what was essentially blag her a CV and get her CV in front of as many employers as I could 
Wow. Um, so that we could get her a, a job um, on release because essentially she would be released homeless and without a job. Yeah, sure. Um, we did that and in, in the 20 minutes I had um, on the phone with her, I learned lots of really interesting things. Um, she was a one of 16 um, siblings born into generational poverty. Her um, father and many of her family members were involved in crime. Um, she had been taken into the care of the state um, at a very young age. She'd had numerous foster placements and as soon as she was old enough to um, go to prison, she did. Yeah. I, I genuinely felt like she had turned, I mean, I didn't know her from a bar of soap, if I'm no. honest, <laughs> but the way she spoke about her ambitions and um, the conversation we had, I, I felt like she had hope for a future and that, okay. that she had, you know, wanted something more for, for herself. Mm -hmm. I also learned that she had founded a um, catering business within the prison called Down the Cake Hole. <laughs> and the fact that she was running a business which was catering in um, in-house events as well as events for the governor outside of the prison okay. told me told me that this woman was incredibly intelligent and savvy that she could influence and network and you know I learned that she wanted to do something with food you know she wanted to be a part of something meaningful um she wanted to contribute to her community so um, we blagged the CV and my colleague sent it to Honest Burgers and um, we begged one of the one of the HR team to come in and interview Chanel and he did. I don't know whether he looked at the CV, but what he did do was taste a piece of Chanel's carrot cake and he said it was the best goddamn carrot cake he'd ever tasted. No um, and he gave her a job on the spot. Fast forward 18 months and Chanel is telling her story an incredibly private personal story with huge courage mm. in front of a room of you know a hundred people that she'd never met um alongside me and and the honest burgers head of head of people at honest burgers and and then she was also talking about um how important it is to give people who had made mistakes a chance to do and be better and she was saying things like i feel safe um, I feel like I belong, um, I'm happy. Um, and then fast forward another two years and she's about to become my trustee and she is a head chef. So, you know, she she was born with the odds stacked up against her. On paper she probably shouldn't have been alive when, when I met her, but she is and she's um, she's an, an inspirational person, you know. So that, I guess, is that was the catalyst for, for my starting Radical Recruit. So it was really exciting, yeah. And you, I guess that, um, and that, I guess that opened up a whole new world of of looking at these, these at this, this specific candidate skill set. And you mentioned, um, and you mentioned on your, web, on your website as well that resilience and the grit and the determination that the particular candidates have, which maybe you know other candidates from a more traditional background just wouldn't have. Um, and I, I, I got quite excited about that because I thought, yeah, God, because their, their experiences, they've really got something to offer um organizations um that is different um would you find any other things that that, that 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 stood them out from other candidates yeah i mean i do talk about the resilience determination and grid of my candidates because i mean people ask me people have sort of certain um preconceptions rightly or wrongly of our candidates so you know the people that we work with are often um viewed through a lens of mistrust um they're thought to be 
or assumed to be un- unmotivated, lacking in the skills or the ability to um, obtain employment and, and sustain employment. And that's simply not true. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've got around 500 radicals, I call my candidates radicals, mm-hmm. um, on our books. And, um, you know, many of them have had careers that have stopped for one reason or another. They may have acquired a um, illness or a disability. It could be that, you know, they've suffered a, 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 a loss in their family and, and grief has taken over and it's meant they can't go to work and then they've lost their house and found themselves on the streets. Um, you know, it could be that they've suffered with addiction or they've had a, a mental health crisis. Um, and these things are, are not sort of unique to the people we support. The difference between radical recruit and other recruiters is that we actually ask the questions of our candidates. Do drugs and alcohol play a big, or play a big part in your life or have they previously? And how can we support you to overcome that barrier so that you can go to work and do a job that you love and perform well and progress in your career. And at the other end of the spectrum, we've got some people on our books who, you know, have have been born into tumultuous circumstances and haven't had the, the opportunities to study. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, you know, lots of young people on our books who have come through the care system. So our candidates, I mean, the thing that sort of characterises them all is they have huge potential that's overlooked yeah. and they have to face barriers that have nothing to do with them and everything to do with the, the, the people and the systems and the structures that control our society. Absolutely. And I'm really interested, what industries and, and sectors do your candidates kind of tend to join? Is, is there a specific or is it everything? <laughs> if only there were one. Yeah. So I think any proper recruiter would look at my model and say she's nuts <laughs> and I am a little bit nuts. Um, I, I, I can't dispute that. I guess... Um, because we're the only uh, recruitment agency who are supporting the demographic of people that we support, so we we look we work with people who are underrepresented in the labour market. Anyone who really struggles to get a foot on the on the sort of corporate ladder, or even in life, like anyone who struggles to mobilise in life, we work with. Um, so all of these people want something different. So to give you an idea of our, our placements, we've got, you know, we've placed um, young people at sourced market who have never worked a day in their life in hospitality roles. Um, in the middle of the spectrum, we've got people who, you know, we've placed a, um, a bookkeeper, for example, who was 10 years homeless, um, but who had 30 years prior to that okay. working with some amazing record labels. <laughs> Um, And then at the other end of the spectrum where, you know, we've got people with incredibly um, uh, refined sets of skills who have worked for a number of years who either have a disability, who have had a crisis in their life, um, you know, who have made a decision which makes it very difficult to get back into the workplace. And we've got people who, you know, at the other end of the spectrum have very little experience, don't have a great deal of hope for their futures, can't see their own potential. So the work we do is really different and the placements we make are, are very different as a result. But we're working with some amazing employers. You know, we've got Mighty on our books now. Yeah. We've just signed Warner Brothers. Oh, wow. uh, we work with YMNU Group. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Compass Group. Um, you know, we've worked with some amazing um, little startups. We've just supported um, one of our 
um, radicals with a brain injury to do some project work with a startup that looks at, that that does um, marketing, but with a health and diversity sort of slant. So you know we're we're supplying stuff to businesses who are, and and sectors who are crying out for diversity. You know, if you look at the yes. marketing sector, for example, it's crying out for fresh ideas and it pays people big money to come up with them. Mm-hmm. So what we our approach is, well, why would you pay big money to someone who's not particularly diverse, who hasn't got um, sort of new different experiences? Why wouldn't you pay someone who does tick all those boxes and who needs an opportunity? So so we're, we're kind of, we do a bit of everything because our candidates want something different. And, and it's really important that you know, if you're spending 37 hours, if you're lucky, 40, 50, 60 hours a week of your life in work, you want to be doing something that you enjoy, surely. Absolutely. Um, and you want to be working for an employer who values you. You know, we don't we don't approach, we approach recruitment in, in the same way as every other recruiter does in the sense that our candidates get offered an interview on the merit of their application. They get the job because they're the best candidate at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. Um and and they're vetted in exactly the same way as every other candidate. What we try and do that's different to sort of other recruiters and certainly other third sector sort of employment providers is find jobs that people want rather than jobs that people can get yeah. so that they align with their interests and aspirations um, and so that they go to work and feel like they've, they've done something meaningful with their day or something they enjoy. Absolutely. I mean, it might be a stupid question, but um, how has the pandemic affected Radical Recruit? I mean, you said that you've obviously been blown away with the amount of work that you're, you're now doing, whereas you thought you'd have a better time to, to develop it. Um, has, has it really affected you guys or has it kind of just, you know, business as usual? I mean, I think um, the, the pandemic has really tested the resilience of the third sector generally. Homelessness, for example, there were shelter estimates. There are 230,000 homeless people in the UK. That's a pre-pandemic um, figure. Yeah. Since the pandemic, um, it's estimated that ninety thousand more people have become have made, been made homeless uh, because of the pandemic. So that so for businesses like ours, it's meant that we've had to deliver our services in a completely different way. Um, I think for radical, it's meant that we've we've had to become more agile and more um, efficient in terms of the ways that we work. Um, it certainly uh, cemented our position with, within the ecology. I think, um, you know, we've placed 45 people into work since lockdown 1.0 okay. um, and 75 since we incorporated in October. Okay, we've wow. managed to sustain everyone that we've placed um, since lockdown in, in work despite the pandemic and we maintain a 90% in work. Um, sustainability rate at six months mm. so for us what what this has done is is has made us more more agile it's made us think differently about how we can deliver services how we can involve the community I think what it's also done is opened up some opportunities for us in terms of funding so we've recently been working in, in partnership with uh, homeless charity St Mungo's they're one of the big guys um, so you know what that's meant is we've been in front of the biggest commissioner there is Mm-hmm. And we've proven a model of recruitment that has never been tried before with the homeless community and with a, a, a small subsection of the community who have no recourse to public funds, who do not speak English as a first language, and who, despite all of this, we are placing into jobs. 
So for us, it's been um, an incredibly exciting time, um, not without its challenges, of course. But, um, you know, we feel we're as a team and as a leader of the team, I feel incredibly blessed um, to be a part of, you know, the the work that we've been doing and and the the work that is being done more broadly to keep people safe and move them sort of out of poverty and, and get them through this really challenging time. Absolutely. So just that such, was a long answer to your question. It's such but. a necessary, um, I suppose, uh, you call yourselves a charity, I'm assuming, because I, I guess uh, is the funding running out now? I mean, I know you're... Yeah, so we're, we're a not-for-profit community interest company. So we operate like a charity. Uh, I run the business in the same way as I would a charity because that's actually all I know. I've only ever worked in, in the charity sector. Um, we're currently um, funded by the GLA, uh, for this piece around um, the homelessness uh, recruitment project for another f- three weeks. God, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, and we've got a little bit of other money in the bank from our um, first sponsor or corporate sort of uh, sponsor, the RG Foundation. Okay. Um, but, yeah, after the 16th of December, the money in, money in the pot is no longer and, and – I had this shower moment, you know, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I don't know whether you know this, but all my best thinking happens in the shower and it's very common. <laughs> Doesn't everyone, yeah. Yeah. Um, I realised, I was like, oh, my God, we've got six, seven weeks and then I'm back to being almost a one-woman show again and I can't lose these people because yeah. we are so brilliant together. Mm-hmm. I was, like, freaking out and we, um, I decided and the, great, the team sort of came on board pretty quickly <laughs> that we needed to do some fundraising. Okay. Um, to to keep us afloat until sort of our next contract drops, we we, we expect to have some sort of um, big projects signed off um, come February March. Um, lots of things are being negotiated, but obviously, if I lose my team now, it, it may very well be that they're in a position where they can't actually financially wait wow. for the new contract. So, so we're we're looking to raise some money for next year through a crowdfunder. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you about that? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 our target is um, to raise one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds, um, and with that money, we will support one hundred and fifty people into um, work next year. And there will be people who are um, homeless uh, currently or imminently at risk of becoming homeless, um, and have other sort of intersecting disadvantage like disability, like. Um, contact with the care system, these types of things, um, on account of sort of COVID-19 and its fallout. Um, I'm sort of a really big believer in mutual exchange, so we're not asking for money for nothing. Um, we've got a amazing bundle of radical re- rewards that um, we are hoping our corporate partners and anyone listening to this podcast who has a DNI CSR or recruitment need to meet in 2021 will consider um, using in return for for a donation. So where our rewards sort of span from um, recruitment services, access to our DNI jobs board, um, uh, being consciously unbiased training, uh, corporate volunteering, coaching and mentoring opportunities, brand alignment through um, you know, joint uh, DNI award do- uh, submissions and uh, these types of things, mm-hmm. um, because you know we've got lots to offer um, corporates, and um, you know our, our value proposition within the the business community I think is becoming more clear. 
Um, and we don't believe in asking for something for nothing. So we think that's a pretty fair exchange and, and a, a good way to get involved and support our business without, um, you know, uh, subscribing to that old charity model where you're giving poor, lowly people a hand up because that's mm-hmm. not what we want and that's what, no, absolutely. what we really need. The real thing that stands you guys out is that it's, it's, it's not about that. It's about putting the right talent in the right roles and, and opening doors for people that, that need to need that little bit of a foot up i suppose Um, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely our listeners to the podcast um i know will be really interested in this um and if a company did want to get involved with you not just on the crowdfunding point but actually you know become a partner what 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 should they do um they should get in contact with me uh we're on linkedin uh we've got a, a company page which is called radical recruit no surprises there i'm also on linkedin um, and my email address is emma at radicalrecruit.co.uk. You can also visit our website, www.radicalrecruit.co.uk, and hit that contact form and uh, send us your number and a brief message and we'll come back to you. Uh, we're in the, in the business of, of supporting sort of our partners to, to create social value and, and lasting impact in the, in the communities that they serve. And, and we believe that sort of when, when businesses operate ethically, when they do undertake DNI and CSR in a meaningful way, that they get loads of return, um, and it drives business success. So it makes sense for everyone to be working together. Definitely, cool. Well, um, I think we've covered a lot in that time, Emma. But um, it's just so so interesting. I'm, I think we could probably talk all day, but um, you've got a lot to do. <laughs> I do indeed. I've got another podcast to run to now. So um, I really appreciate you having me on the on the show. Thanks, on the show if that's what you call it, call it. and um, we are so incredibly <laughs> grateful for all of your support and we look forward to working with you more in the future thank you so much sarah and noel and team you're all bloody wonderful thank you so that's it for episode six if you're listening and you want to see what emma's radicals could offer your business then you can find the link on our podcast page you'll also be able to find the crowdfunding details there too if you'd like to get involved ca3 is an award-winning employer brand agency They're also the creators of Eli, very engaging onboarding tech. To find out more, type CA3 into Google.